For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 219. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's need. And I've got to tell you, to my listening friends, I am so excited about this episode today because I have a wonderful guest, Sarah Cumming. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. You know, I'm having a hard time deciding what to call this episode, but I'm, I'm go, so far I'm going with Joy in Education for Love of Community. That's awesome. That I think that definitely uh, hits the the highlights. Well, I think it really sums up so much of what joy and love and community are three words that I immediately think of when I think about you and Alan. And so I'm going to start with your bio, but I just want people in East Texas to know Sarah is a thought leader on a national scale, and we are really lucky to have her here in East Texas. So if you're listening here and you see her around town and Tyler, I just want you to really appreciate what the person that we are benefiting from all her experience. And if you're elsewhere, I just want you to know you are in for a treat today because she's going to tell us her personal story. So Sarah Cummings studied psychology, English, and Bible study at Laterno University. Her education background is Christ-centered schools. It's in Christ-centered schools. She has seven years of experience at an urban school called Manhattan Christian Academy in New York City. And I know many people will be familiar with that because MCA Mm -hmm. is a leader. It's just a very successful model. And you were there on the ground floor there. Now your claim to fame, that the thing that I'm so proud of, is we have you back here at home, for one thing, and you are leading the charge for Promise Academy, which is going gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Sarah, when I did your bio, I pulled up, because I'm a nut about mission statements, so I pulled up the mission mm-hmm. statement from both MCA and Promise Academy, and knowing that you had that background, I thought they're going to be similar. But what really struck me wasn't the similarities as much as the differences. And I, I love it that the one for Promise Academy so understands the culture that we live in right here in East Texas. So I wanted to thank you for that. And I, I, I want to I know how you got to the place where you knew to – I know there was a, a brain trust of people that were involved in this mission statement. But yes, Definitely. Yeah, but one of the things, I'm just going to pull a few few phrases so that my listeners, our listeners, know where we're starting. So one of the phrases I loved was, 
Christ-centered education in North Tyler for the joy of our city and the glory of God. Joy Mm -hmm. of our city. I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. And then that the city will know God's joy, unity, and biblical justice through this Mm -hmm. pursuit, meaning the pursuit of education. And I also, I mean, there's just so much to love here that all persons are made in the image of God, created for God's glory, and endowed by him with the potential to acquire wisdom and knowledge. There's, I mean, I love this. And as if one reference of justice isn't enough, you mentioned it twice. Kingdom-minded citizens who work for justice, economic Mm -hmm. opportunity, ethnic harmony, and hope for the family. And there it is again, and joy in their communities. So that's the goal, to raise citizens like that. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that is a huge vision, a huge dream. And yet now it's, I mean, you've got legs. It's working. This is happening. Yeah. Yes. I mean, thanks be to God. It, it's a huge dream and a huge vision. And, um, you know, the Lord has definitely made the way and opened the way um, through his people uh, for this for this to happen. So it's, it's a it's great work. It's a beautiful thing that's happening. Your own kids are enrolled in your school. Yes. Uh-huh. And you, I have a, a five-year-old who will start kindergarten and then a seven-year-old who's going into the second grade. And they're that's receiving awesome. all the benefits of this beautiful school whose mission it is to establish a, a private Christian school in a, in a part of our community that has been neglected. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. in addition, raise citizens that understand kingdom and biblical concepts. Mm-hmm. I mean, how and how beautiful is that? So your your kids are benefiting from that vision now. Yeah, I mean, it's so important. Uh, it was really important to Alan and I that Charlie and Cade, who are children, would be um, at Promise. And that's for a couple of reasons. One is that we really believe in Promise and what Promise is doing. And um, I think um, it speaks to that, that we have our own children there, that uh, that we think we're giving, you know, the best education in Tyler um, for our students. And um, But the other thing is that I really want... I really want Charlie and Cade to um, see themselves as learners and receivers from people mm-hmm. who are different from them. Um, wow. You know, I, I want them to see, to have humility um, in terms of seeing themselves as not the end all or people that are like them as not the end all of things, um, but they can work in a community of diversity um, mm. and uh, and learn from the differences um, instead of needing... Mm-hmm. Yes, and benefit from it. And so yeah. we definitely are, as a family, incredibly blessed um, to be a part of Promise and to be a Promise family, you know, to get to know mm-hmm. um, the other moms and, and dads and grandparents that are uh, wanting the same thing we are, you know, which is an excellent Christ-centered education for our well, I love it that that's your perspective, and I, I was so blessed to get to talk to Ben Shaka about the Restoration Academy there in Birmingham yeah. mm-hmm. in the context of that wonderful book he wrote. So that's a podcast if people are interested. They can look for those on TogiNet at my Fireside, uh, Fireside Talk Radio or on my website, kathycraffy.com. But I want to back up because I promised people you would tell your personal story, and I don't I've known Alan since he was a, a young little kid, really, and he was mm-hmm. always he was always so exceptionally smart. And then <laughs> I, I, of course, we lost touch. He grew up and he went off to college and went off to his 
amazing training and career that he had mm-hmm. there in New York. And and then he came back, and I saw him again somewhere. And I, I, I love this because this to me is confirmation. When I saw your husband after all those years, what he really wanted to talk about and brag about was you. <laughs> so I, I always say this: I judge men by how they talk about their wives. And so, yeah, instantly I knew he had fulfilled my vision of what his future looked like back when he was a little guy. I. I thought, he's such a smart young man. He's so kind. So I really mm-hmm. want to back up, and I've never heard your love story. I want to hear how you guys met and fell in love, and then how you committed yourself to this whole passion you have for education. Yeah. So do you mind telling okay. me your love story? No, that's great. I would love to do that. So um, I actually, we both went to Laterno University in Longview here in East Texas, and I uh, actually followed, I don't recommend this, by the way, but I followed another boy to uh, Laterno, and um, uh, in the first days that I was there at Laterno, I actually met Alan, and he was helping another friend of mine move uh, her friend into a dorm, and I was just struck by his humility and um and everything else. But in addition, I'm, for those of you that haven't met me yet, um, I am tall. I am six foot tall. And so, you know, that it, I am. And so that narrows, you know, I, I, uh, I always would only date people who are taller than me. So that kind of narrowed my, (laughs) my field. And so Alan is six, five. And I was like, Oh, I could wear heels with this guy, you know, like he's so tall. And, uh, anyway, so so he was so nice to me and met me and, um, and we didn't really, we had some overlap in terms of friends at college, but, um, but also Letourneau at the time had a four to one boy to girl ratio. Oh. And, uh, yes, because Letourneau historically has been this engineering school, welding, aviation, and, and, you know, of course those kinds of, um, of, uh, Occupational opportunities have always been good fits for women, but just recently have become recommended um, within the last 50 years or so. And so, um, so Laterno, you know, is growing. I think it's closer to one to one now, but at the time it was four to one. And uh, so there were lots of boys who were asking all the freshman girls out, you oh. know, and uh, so it's kind of it was a little strange for me. I was homeschooled in high school. And uh, there was all this attention all of a sudden, which was weird. Um, but I remember one one evening my roommate said, you know, Alan called and he wanted to know if he wanted to go out and see a movie. And there was just something different. I remember his humility and it wasn't, you know, this kind of exhausting, mm. you know, having to get the girl before everyone else does kind of mm. move on his part. And so we went out on a double date with my roommate and her boyfriend and, um, we got to see each other. I visited his church and, you know, visited with his family and we ended up being, you know, he, he said, can I call you my girlfriend? I mean, you know, he was Aww. like, cause I, <laughs> I was being mean to him cause he was like, you want to do this more? And I'm like, Oh, like hang out. And he's like, well, yeah, but like more often than just sometimes. Aww. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, finally, finally I said, you know, yeah, you can call me your girlfriend. So anyway, we dated two and a half years and 
um, got married right after a week after he graduated from Laterno. Oh, so. that's so precious. I love that. Now we we have to go to break in about a minute, so I'm gonna ask you a couple of quick questions. Did you did did you finish at Laterno and then go to New York with him? Don't yes, tell me quit. Uh-huh. You did? Okay, yes. I didn't know if y'all graduated the same year. Dang, I wish we weren't already at the break. When we come back, I want to hear more about how you got into education. But for now, I want to thank Home Instead and say keep listening. There will be more from this wonderful guest in a few seconds. And thank you for tuning in to uh, Fireside Talk Radio Truth with a Texas Twang. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful, with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of dynamic women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hi, welcome back. We're talking to Sarah Cumming, and before we left, she was telling us her love story. She is uh, married to Alan Cumming, and he, Sarah, your husband 
does something kind of interesting. He advises people, families, on their finances, which uh-huh. is kind, that's kind of a nice compliment to what you do because you at Promise Academy, you guys come alongside families and help them coach their children to adulthood uh-huh. to create uh-huh. to create these amazing young citizens. So tell me a little bit about how you you and Alan became so committed to the whole education process. Sure. I uh it, it was kind of not a not an immediate fit for me. I um was homeschooled and so I you know, I didn't have a lot of experience in um in elementary and middle school and high school kind of classroom school situations. Um, but Alan and his family have been in Christian education for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I definitely credit, um, my ability to think out of the box and not be constrained by kind of what has been done to, um, to being, being homeschooled. I, I love, uh, you know, my parents, I love that. Yeah, my parents let me dream and let me try things, and um, I really didn't feel like I had a lot of constraints outside of the Lord's um, law <laughs> to do what I, I just, what I wanted to try. So I just want to throw one thing in, and you and I have talked about this, but people knew that I homeschooled part of the time, but we also used public and private education to get our kids to uh-huh. adulthood. And people would ask me, well, which one do you like best? And I would say, I'm just pro-education. Do what yes. is best for your child. That's right. I, That's I love right. the way your. How did your philosophy develop? That well, just go. Ahead, don't let me interrupt you too much. I really want to hear what you have to say about that story of how y'all developed this love yeah. for education. Yeah. So we. I mean, I, I guess it just started that I. Um, I started working at Grace Community School in 2003, and I taught middle school English and Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was there, you know, I just realized this, it really is the best education to offer a, a human is, um, mm-hmm. from the perspective of the person who made that human and everything else that we end up studying mm-hmm. in school. And so, um, I just started thinking like, man, you know, I wish that we could offer this, uh, to everyone. I wish the church was motivated, uh, to offer excellent Christ centered education to everyone in our communities. Um, and then we moved to New York and I got to be in a school that does that, um, at Manhattan Christian, um, that serves families, uh, in the South Bronx and, um, Harlem and North of Harlem. They're just having yeah. so much success there, aren't they? Oh my goodness. They're doing really great. Yes. And they've grown so much too, even in the years, the five years that I've been gone. So, um, but, um, you know, so when Alan and I were up there, we're like, man, maybe we need to start another school. There just is still not enough access, you know, within the Mm -hmm. Christian school community, uh, Mm -hmm. to serve families that are really in need of, um, you know, people to partner with them in terms of their education, if their local school is not doing, you know, the things that they want for their children. Right. And so, um, you know, and, and, and that's not the case, you know, not every, not every local school isn't doing what is, is needed. Right. You know, there's definitely great public schools. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, I mean, every single public school teacher is um, committed to their work and, you know, their yes. administrators are working hard. Um, but families need options for sure. And so yeah, um, that's really the thing that we're committed to is options. I think that was one of the biggest fallacies I saw, having used all the systems available to me. A lot of times Christian parents who had their kids at Christian schools assumed that there was no Christianity and nothing in the public school available that would 
meet their needs. And I found there are many Christian educators in the public school, and I always love to give them a shout out when I can because that's a hard mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely yeah. teaching teaching it all, trying to you know instill thought patterns and data and knowledge into another human being, you know, right. while maintaining love and patience for them is it's hard for anybody. <laughs> I know it's hard for parents. It's definitely hard when it's other people's children, too. (laughs) I can't even imagine teaching other people's kids. To me, that's such a calling. I really admire that. I I mean, I love my own children, but teaching other people's kids day in and day out, I just didn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, we need, it's, you know, supernatural fruit of the spirit for sure some days. It's like, I don't know where that love came from, but thank you that I had it today. (laughs) You you were in New York. Your husband has this really high-powered, fancy job. You're working at this up-and-coming school that had to be like spiritual warfare even, trying to be a part of what was happening there and really um, reaching out to families. What did you What did you find was the turning point in your own heart and soul? Um, do you mean in regards to turning point towards what? So that you became so passionate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think I just saw. You know, I taught middle school there too. Mm-hmm. I taught middle school at Grace and middle school at MCA, and I just saw how um, these families that we were serving were kind of like mar- just marginalized in in the view of uh, most of our culture. Um, you know, maybe they're immigrant families uh, from the Caribbean that came because of the educational uh, possibilities for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of them um, were, you know, earning lower wages than we tend to value in America. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, um, you know, maybe the parents were not as educated. Um, maybe they were really educated, but they couldn't find jobs equal to that status in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, lots of, lots of different things. And I just saw how um, it was so important that the same options were available. Uh, mm. to families who are being marginalized and maybe even more important if we look at the values of the kingdom that um, that it was even maybe more important for the church to pay attention to, to those that were you know maybe facing oppression or facing marginalization um, or, and or mo- most you know, on the fr- most on the fringe of like on that yeah that's right on that balance beam on one side is success and the other is failure yeah right and how can we get them across that line so that they're on yeah. the side of succeeding, you know, as a family. Yeah. So when Yeah, I'm, and I just saw these kids flourishing, you know, like going mm-hmm. on to to graduate and go to college and um and be world changers. Um wow. and and coming coming out of kind of like you said, the corners, you know, and uh to try and make that possible through a school. Well, this is why I think you're a thought leader. Every time I'm around you, you you really challenge me to think harder about this subject. I know we've talked about one of the things that's so difficult is if you have a community, as we do, that offers some really great options for Christian uh, education, but there's no, if you don't have transportation, you really don't get to choose that as an option. Right. So, but I know, I know it promise one of your commitments personally and you and Alan both and all the board members and the people that have worked so hard to get this launched one of your commitments is to address those needs that a lot of middle class families don't even 
you know, we take a lot for granted. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. remember that other people might mm-hmm. not have transportation even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we were careful. Um, we were careful to put Promise really close to bus stops to be along the bus line, even though the public transportation, um, you know, that's offered in Tyler isn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ideal. It's definitely not, you know, as comprehensive as it can be. Um families are able to get to us through the bus line if they need to. Um, And then also that's, yeah, and also that's why we, you know, want to stay committed to being in the residential communities um, where Mm -hmm. many of our families come from. So we have families that come from all over Tyler, um, but I do, you know, at this location um, where we've been at Gentry and Broadway, we've had families walk, too. (laughs) Oh, wow, I love that. Yeah. Well, and you just knew from the beginning that that was the direction y'all were going to go. And part of that was because you had learned at MCA. Am yes. I saying that right? Manhattan Christian Academy. Manhattan yeah. Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. You knew yeah, from your oh, experience at MCA that that was going to be important. Do you find the, the parents um, support? Like, tell me how you learned and understood that that was so crucial. Yeah, parent support is, uh, you know, the parent involvement is actually at the top, if not the top, of what um, what brings success to a student. And it's because, you know, who they have modeling uh, values in front of them all the time is who they're going to learn how to follow. Um, so when you have parents who are invested and committed to um, a child's education, um, you know, and it's not necessarily just a financial commitment, but also, um, you know, their time and, you know, making sure that things are done at home and reading at home. And um, uh, I love that probably about 50% of my families here at Promise are in some kind of educational program themselves, whether they're getting their GED or they're studying ESL or they're going back to school um, to study to, you know, get another certificate or, you know, whether they're pursuing their bachelor's or, um, you know, showing showing children. Yeah. I have to interrupt because we've only got two minutes left. If a family, oh. if a family wanted to pursue GD or some ESL, some of those options, Literacy Council, I happen to know, offers those. And when a parent yes. is educated or involved in pursuing education, that affects the next generation so much that they are much more likely to go ahead and be educated. So educating the parents is also an important part of what happens in our own community. And I love Literacy Council for what they do on that. Um, Before we go to the break, I mean, the end, this is the end. I want to make sure I get you committed. Will you come back and I want want you to do a second episode about your wisdom and all the tips and, and information you can share with parents about how they can really appreciate and and learn to help others gain education and also teach their kids. I loved what you said about your boys learning to value and and cherish diversity rather than Mm -hmm. be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. So I'll come back. If you'll have me back, I'll come back. Okay, and I'm going to call that episode Justice for All. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a just culture. I'm eager to get your thoughts on that. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. I just love having you on the show. Oh, thank you, Kathy. It was a pleasure. Well, okay, so that's Sarah's personal story as much as we had time for. I know there's much more exciting adventures in her life, and she's coming back. So when she comes back, I don't want you to miss that episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on Uh, Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, and we want to thank Home Instead, too. 
Come back. Join us again soon. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh.